Uh, I'm going to go back to Zix. Great. <laughs> I, I, love I think Zix. everybody here probably knew. Again, I've, I've mentioned the show more than once uh, in Art of the Beholder. So again, it's probably no surprise to anybody. Um, but I guess I, I would love to just get the whatever quickest rundown of, yeah. of like of of from from concept to I guess maybe just episode one and running. Yeah. Of maybe like both that timeline and and like what those conversations were like. Yeah, totally. I um so initially Alden Ford and I were uh I knew everybody uh, uh except for Shane uh going into the project, but Alden and I had done a podcast that I think dozens of people listened to uh called Hear Me Out where we were talking about bad music and how we love it. And uh, so we had done a podcast together. And then, uh, so he was like, hey, I'm doing this other podcast. And he also knew I was a huge Star Wars fan. So he was like, uh, and we had bonded over that. And so he's like, I'm doing this podcast that's like an improvised Star Wars. Do you want to be a part of it? I said, yeah. And, and he's like, you know, I think he and Jeremy maybe came together and we were like, I really love Hello from the Magic Tavern. So they were our inspiration. But we're like, what if we did like a sci-fi one? And then Seth was involved because he's a super funny and B is like, uh, you know, very steeped in like that world, the podcast world. He works on this American life, which is, you know, huge podcast. So, uh, he was a great person to, to, um, get. And then, and then Ali and Mujan were just, I think we all, it's just all people we wanted to work with. Uh, I guess I was, you know, Alden and Jeremy and Seth kind of started. And then I think, Mujan and Ali and I sort of uh, were collect. We all kind of collected together, and then we sat down and we're just kind of talking about what we wanted the show to be and what it could be, and then sort of divided up into characters. And I honestly didn't know how much time I was going to be able to commit to it, and I felt like a lot of the things had been kind of not taken. But I was like, okay, well, maybe you just need me for like I want to be like the stormtroopers. I have an idea for them, and then I was like, I can also just help out with other stuff, and they're like, great, so that's how it started. And we recorded some episodes, two of which, uh, I think maybe we recorded three and we never released them because we were still working. Interesting. Out. Yeah. We were working them out. We were like, not quite really. Like, yeah. This, we were just kind of doing some sort of testing there and seeing what yeah. worked and what didn't. The first draft. Yeah, exactly. And then we sort of, were was like, okay, let's, that's why that first episode was like, what if we could control it a little bit more and maybe we start with just, you know, with the Kula, with the Kulata. Yeah. And I played that <laughs> character. Right. And then it was like, okay, let's move into the guests when we feel a little more, we've kind of established a little bit more. Cause I think we were trying to establish and do the guests at the same time. And we need a little more control yeah. over it. It um, was, it was really fun how, again, there was, there was a few of them recurring, but like, you know, guests, the guest improvisers on the, on yeah. uh, uh, over the course of the show too, which again, like that's, that still is, is an element that matters that, you know, kind of like I was saying too, that sometimes, you know, like your buddy from another city, who's an improviser comes into town, right. or sometimes, you know, a guy who knows a guy who knows this like big shot. Right. And so you get these guests and you get people and like just however well, you know, your friends. And as we've said multiple times, improv is always just a grab bag of who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But then when you add that extra element in, then you always have something completely different to play with. And it's like improv almost like on steroids a little bit. Yeah. Of just constantly throwing extra wrenches in, into the machine yeah. or something or not wrenches, but another no, ball in the air, I should say. Totally. It's like, you know, how in the end of it, like we were talking about, like you're creating a reality where, 
everything is real. Everything that you say is true and real. And then the thing with like kind of the fact that it was serialized and, you know, you didn't, once the show, once that show is over, it's not like, and none of that ever happened. You know, it's like, no, we have to keep that going. You know, it's everything that we're building is stuff that we either have to disavow at one point or that we have to um, honor and, you know, and, and that that's real, that happened. Um, so that was yeah, like retcons constantly. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, one of the best versions of that is, um, uh, Bino, right. So, um, <laughs> uh, we had an improviser. Yeah. yeah. We had an improviser named Michael Cruz Kane who came on and I think he had been like, he had literally come from like the mid, he had been on a flight from the middle East, like that day it was like completely tired and was super nice to like do the show. And, was kind of, you know, he just was sort of like, you know, that whole, he didn't know what he was going to, you know, the whole, he's like the whole point of the episode was to get this relic. And we had kind of talked about it and then we never said, what's the relic. So we get to the relic and he's like, it's a bean, it's a warm bean. And nobody big, knew what it was. Big, warm, spicy bean. Yeah, exactly. Or and we all started was, laughing, yeah. but then we were like, okay, well now we have this bean that it like, we didn't say like, okay, let's like <laughs> cut and like, we're not using that. It's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, that's great. And so then we, that's where that character kind of came from. We're like, we have to honor this somehow. Like we can't just be like, who cares about it? You know, like things have to matter. And so, yeah, that was kind of, that was the big difference where it's like, Oh, everything matters. You don't, it doesn't mean that you have to like be nervous about it, but like you have to honor it even harder, you know, when it's, when it's kind of serialized like that. Yeah. And and so with that uh, is something that I alluded to earlier, but was saving for now is what it must have been like uh, blending, you know, serialized storytelling with improv comedy where you feature guests where I, I believe one of the like blackouts or, uh, you know, as as people could call it, it's kind of like the post credits. Yeah. You know, just a little bit of extra content afterwards. It's it's like non-canon, you know, just shenanigans, sometimes more of a blooper, if you will. Right. Um, but one of them literally was a a conversation where you could hear the guest saying like, oh, I wanted to go with this version. And I think in one of the behind the scenes, even like Alden explained that like people will bring two or three different characters. They'll yes. be like, oh, well, you know, just I'll come up with two or three. We'll play around with them and see which one sounds the most fun. And then we'll just run the episode. Um, so obviously a little bit of it was pre-planned. Yes. Um, between managing what you have done in the past, right? Of like, st- whether yes. it's a story beat or a new character, um, as you just talked about. And then you've got the fact that, you know, where is it going to go? Again, like, what is the actual point? How do we call this a day? Because otherwise we could just sit around and, and just, you know, just gab into mics for three hours and right. be like, oh crap, we didn't really make an episode. So what was like, h- like, how did you know, I guess, sorry, chronologically, what went into it as far as it being serialized storytelling? And then how would you decide to call it a day at the end of those episodes? I think it was just a matter of, yeah, like, well, we can't keep recording. <laughs> right. Um, but Guys, I, I'm literally out of time. Like, yeah, I gotta and, go. <laughs> and I think, I think it was also just like, I think we got what we needed. You know, we, we had the format of, we start on the ship with us, we talk to the guests and we go back on the ship. You know, that's how every episode was. So we always knew that Pretty that's much. what it was. Yeah. Except for the ones where, and those are usually ones where we would like, the ones that didn't have the guests were ones where we would shape it a lot more and kind of like beat out things and perform it. As we got further and further on, when we wanted to kind of like start to end it and start to like, like 
move in interesting arcs. You know, at the beginning, it was sort of like we never thought about it. But, you know, by the end, we were sort of having to explain to the guests, okay, this is happening and this is happening, you know. So I think it was also, you know, we were, we were, there was a threat of kind of like collapsing under the own, under the narrative, you know. And so I think that's also one of the really great reasons why I think we we ended, you know, because it was like, okay, this is great, because but it, it could definitely get too complicated where we're either having to like completely disregard stuff or it's just like so dense, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, that that's that, one of my favorite things uh, in, in storytelling is when people understand when to call it a day. Yeah. Um, it's one of my least favorite things about like American television in general about. Yes. It is a business at the end of the day that right. while, you know, uh, all great things again, like your, your 30 rock and other shows yeah. that have made me last laugh just endlessly. Um, they're, they shouldn't go on for too long and you're no. going to have duds of episodes if you drag something out and beat right. it to death. So it is, it's important to understand what was important about the show. What did you seek to accomplish when you started it? And like, do you feel like you're either there or getting there soon? Yeah. Um, and then another another wild element to to keep in mind that you all had to balance too was that as I mentioned earlier, uh, there was a sound designer, yes. uh, Shane O'Connell, right. who you know between like some of the music, sound effects like the layering, the balancing, um, all that stuff, as well as stuff like the actual voice tweakage, how you knew what Clint was talking as the listener because well, duh, it sounded like a Clint. Um, you know, most of the people did like, were able to do a straight voice, like their normal voice, I should say, what, you know, which of, e even like the only normal character that constantly was, was, uh, modified at first was, um, you know, C-53. Right. Um, who, yeah, as basically a constantly a droid, um, Jeremy Bent had, you know, he got to just talk pretty normally. Right. But even still, like, surely that was discussed beforehand. And yeah. I'm really curious about, you know, was was Shane like involved before the show? And like, for instance, when you could do it physically in person, like how 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 it must have been like for him to also yeah. sit there and go, who the hell is talking right now? Because for instance, again, you you each would play multiple people. You yeah. would each have both a main character. Everybody had their main staple character, and then would also be extras. Right. You know like would pop in and out of a scene. And so Shane, uh, you know, I'm curious, was it, was it, Hey Shane, we trust you. Or was it a, I'm picturing a, like, you know, a deep, like bubbly voice that sounds like this based on the, what we've described, or I would love to know more about yeah, like, sure. Shane's gigantic yeah. influence on the show. Cause he was crucial. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about like kind of just letting, letting kind of the fun happen and sort of letting go of control. Like Shane was the sound recorder, the sound is not like we're, just was like our studio um person you know was like running the record and was like hey i kind of am interested in doing some sound design would you guys let me do that and alden was like yeah sure yes you know just say yes and yeah. shane like brought it back and we were like this sounds incredible <laughs> you know like and so we were like yeah whatever you want to do and so he would um all the stuff that he puts in, I think he talks with Alden and Seth about it or like runs it by them, but like those are all his choices. And so he kind of becomes, I mean, we can say there are points where we're like, Hey, I pull out a laser gun, you know, and like fire it, you know, so he can put that in. Sure. Um, but like, Oh, it, he kind of became like the eighth member of our team, you know, who, who was improvising 
along with us and creating along with us. Yeah. Which is really kind of lovely. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people are like, you know, it was a happy accident. So, um, and, and yeah, in terms of his decisions, we kind of implicitly trust it. It's like, or explicit, which sort of like, yeah, I mean, if Shane wants to put that in there, great. So. Yeah, the the episodes that are more of like the behind the scenes stuff that that wound up, you know, becoming I think later on once it w- was realized like okay, we're really going and like we've got some listeners. Um so those those behind the scenes ones again really did a lot. Um, yeah. I, I loved hearing from Shane, learning some of his secrets, like, uh-huh. you know, for instance, dear listeners, um, one of the main characters is a tiny little like sort of lizard bird person, also yeah. known as a lurd. Um, and the little like scratch marks on the floor yeah. uh, are, are his dog right. being recorded across the linoleum floor yeah. sped up. Yeah. To obviously to be like the size of like what a lizard's little tiny feet would sound like just those little things of just knowing that like this guy is a serious professional. And while the end result is a goofy comedy thing, it would not come across so well if it weren't for the fact that like, oh, is it a jungle planet? Well, guess what? You're going to hear ambient rain. You're going to hear right. creatures in the background. Like a lot of times you will hear things like the footsteps. Like if some if it's mentioned like, you know, in one of the episodes with um. Oh my goodness. Um, the hilarious former space pimp, um, like, yeah, IQQ when he's talking about like, they're doing like a, um, a very drawn out like handshake and you can literally hear like the robotic, like phalanges of C-53's hand, like moving just all that attention to detail is so important. And like, for instance, um, things like deepening people's voices, you know, just the way that he would tweak them, how IQQ's voice was a little deeper than the actual guests. Right. Or that on the episode with the uh, hello from the magic tavern guys that um, the like, uh, oh, gosh, his really cool. But Matt Young's character's voice was definitely also deepened to sound a bit older and wizened. Right. Um, having heard his natural voice and other things at this point. So, you know, just like knowing that he also was there to say, I know my role here. You guys all do what you do. I will tweak it a bit. Um and that again, it just it came out to where as a full on audio medium, like you're fleshing out the world, like you said yes. earlier, with like the improv aspect of like you're building a world. Well, he helped again build whether it sounded like a desert or again a jungle or the right. inside of a cruise ship. Um, and then just like sounding like aliens, like the weird layers, the doubling yeah. of stuff. Like it's just it's it's an interesting how, like you said, that improv complemented you to sort of take you down the copywriting thing that it's like the improv of the show spoke to Shane's polish because improv is if anything technically but like you can polish right. your skill set but it's all raw yeah totally and I, he definitely like you know just started listening to the show as a as the engineer and really loved it and then started I mean he's really funny and you know, added just so much. So yeah, we really, I mean, it's just like such a, I mean, but not to get all mystical, but that is sort of like the, the glory of improv and saying yes is like kind of things present themselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's the ultimate collaboration tool. And I think that's, it's, as I mentioned, it's an important thing if you could just take the class, but like what just saying yes to people um, who feel confident, like giving somebody a chance to contribute yeah. is, is, almost always a good thing. And even if it's not the best thing in the moment, there's something to learn from it. Yeah. You know, like, like basically like, you know, if it, what's that saying about like, um, even if you like 
fail, like don't fail the lesson or I'm, I get yeah. it. This is my brain. If I try too hard to think about a thing, I just get that like fog. The curtain just goes down no, and the exact I thing you. I want That's, goes away. I think a but, very um, human thing. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, even if you not fail, even if you lose, don't lose the lesson. That's it. Yeah. Uh, is what I meant to say. So like I said, it's, it's, it was a great thing. I, you know, I recommend, I would recommend just an intro improv, just like, Hey, go take like a month or like six weeks of an improv class. And I promise you, you'll like come out the other end of it alive and probably like with a, an, an interesting perspective or story to share. I agree. I think everybody um, should do it. Right. Um, so again, just to, and to touch on this real quick, um, cause I kind of added this later, but as I mentioned, and as you have now mentioned, um, Chicago is big for improv. Yes. And Hello from the Magic Tavern is another comedic improv show. Um, fewer staple cast, but a pretty like a relatively similar thing. Like it's it's non-Earth. This one is Earth adjacent, so it's technically a bit more real-ish. Yes. And that's part of their running gag. Right. Is that as humans from Earth, they will say things and someone will that's the game is like, wait, what you just said is French. What does that mean in your world? Right. Right. Like there's all kinds of fun stuff in that one, as well as the pretty much every episode had a new guest kind yes. of thing. Um, and then even past that, like the fun was that you guys guested on each other's shows. Yeah. Um, mission to Zix had an episode called crystal boo-boo persuasion, uh, back in August of, or it aired in August of 2018. Yeah. Um, and then you and Alden, yeah. uh, guested on uh, the episode titled Bibbits, where again, you guys are riffing on Lord of the Rings. Hobbits. Yeah. Um, it, and it, there, I, I think all of all of the Zix crew has ended up on Magic Tavern. So. Yes, I noticed that uh, later. Like I said, I, I almost got there in time, but um, just for this for the purposes of this one, I, I wanted to at least get to the Bibbits episode, of and course. I see that Seth and Mujan yes. uh, definitely have an episode where they are some kind of evil couple or something. Yeah. Um, it, well, those those guys are so nice. They're they're really we've we've gotten to meet them at some stuff, and they're just really great and have been very generous and you know we've been very clear in that you know they were a huge inspiration for us and they enjoy our show too so it's it's kind of a really nice nice thing and they've been kind enough to have us on the show so it's very cool and i like there's something to what i i mean obviously i don't know arnie Camp or alden ford at all um despite any kind of parasocial relationship having listened to this podcast for so long but i mean it's very apparent in uh hello from the magic tavern that arnie is obviously playing a fictionalized like dumber make fun of me version of himself where yeah. he is very flawed talks about like i'm so bad at math and there might be you know there's usually an inkling of truth somewhere in those things and i guess i'm curious if you feel like alden's character from zix uh plecked Exeter, is in any way like he would also have that same kind of plight of being like the bumbling main character that everyone calls an idiot but they love him kind of thing and like you know how much of that was like i guess just alden being alden with the exception of knowing that like i'm gonna get ripped on oh yeah i think alden is not very much like pleck i mean very like pleck in that he is sweet and cares about people right um but in, in the terms good of, ways in there. the good ways but i mean you know he he uh i think you know is is fine you know, it's all meant to, you, there, there's some people you can tease like that. Right. And he's one of those people because he knows that everybody <laughs> loves him, you know? So I think there's that. Um, but yeah, he's not, you know, uh, I think he, he was, he took his role as kind of every man. And I think that's what Arnie does too, of like, you know, it is like that straight person of like, I am the window in for the regular listener, right? Like uh, everybody can be me, you know? And, and, and also, 
you know, when you are in that situation, you're kind of the fish out of, you know, fish out of water or the, the fresh face. So, um, but yeah, Alden is just, yeah, it's a testament to how good he is that he, I, uh, I, I think even in canonically that the show, like Plek was like basically the youngest, the yes. least experienced, um, but he had a great heart. Yeah. And so as a result, like he, you know, put some real parts of himself, uh, Alden did into the character and that, you know, like literally, I mean, C-53 is a droid. He's programmed to know a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Nermit uh, was a very well-read nerd who loved rules and books. Yeah. Um, you know, Dar was incredibly experienced and seasoned, uh, like just a long-lived creature in general, yeah. from what I recall, lore-wise, um, has, has basically like jucked their way around the galaxy. That's true. Um, you know, Bargy was, um, well, no, sorry, I guess I'll, I'll get to this in a moment, but Bargy had like an entire, you know, history of being an actress and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, just literally the greenest character is just like, there's something to that bumbling, like every man main character that I think like it just, it just works. And when, it, like you said, um, that the, because you guys all knew that like, like, and as we mentioned earlier, that's just like, you can do some teasing cause you're teasing the character. You're teasing a little bit of this. You're doing a, like just playing with the game for just a moment, but that like, it, it is an interesting angle that really i think like worked but I, I as i was listing out the characters i realized like well duh aj starts the show and he's literally five years old yeah. he's cloned to be an adult so technically he comes across as whatever but like you know obviously like plek is technically not the youngest oh um, right yeah i think you know it's it is that he he serves the role as uh, plex serves the role as the audience surrogate right so like we don't yeah. know anything about zix and like so we need a character who can doesn't who also doesn't know anything about Vix so that we it's can like, learn about Vix um, together. It's almost like the like the improv version of like what was it like Ari was it Ariadne from um Inception of just the person talking to as like bit yeah. like you said like the audience surrogate of just right. like oh so when you're talking yes. about like bending minds and talking about dream stuff yeah. what you mean is this it's exactly that yeah it's I, like it's it's necessary and it, it and, and it's fun because again it's it's still a way of playing the straight person the straight character of your again you're teeing everybody else up to go wait a minute, you do what? Right. And they go, and it's like, it's like a reverse yes and. Yes. Right? And that you're going, hold on, you do that? It's like, they're not saying, no, you don't. They're going like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is real. Yeah. And that person, it's almost like a fun, it's like, it's another version of the game. Yes. Uh, like just, you know, the in single ticks, like the lowercase, like the game where now someone just said something so outrageous that you're forcing it back on them. Right. To totally. like do it or like, the same thing that I like that the the Magic Tavern guys do a game where they'll be like, oh, I can think of eight ways and someone will go list them. Yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden they go, oh, shit. OK, um, one. And they start having to list eight things right. because they had that brazen moment of being like, I could do that. Yeah. Um, and the cash. The say, I love that. It's, it's just another game. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like another way of teeing up your friends to let them run wild. Um. Because, you know, there's still plenty of moments for that main character to be like, oh, well, you know, in my experience, I did this. Like, right. they're, they're still there. They're totally. an important player. Um, and it's almost like they are, like, again, not exactly the glue because it's not like any one person is ever more important. Right. Um, but it's they're just an interesting role important. that it, yeah. it, it's very important. And especially when you're talking about serialized storytelling, because again, there's a premise behind these. It's not just an improv show. It is a serialized thing. Right. And especially in Zix where it starts because of Plek. Plek yes. is the person who finds himself with these people uh, who accidentally swayed AJ to, you know, yeah. want to be with the fresh, with the right. Zimas. 
uh, and everything. And he, you know, again, he is like this naive, adorable man child who brings out the best in people. That's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Like, and it, was, it was lovable. Like, and I was like, oh, that's like, that's me. Like, <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm sure there's a handful of people out there that like that, you know, like you said, it's, it's that the most audience centric perspective of being yes. like, excuse me, like what is happening here? Right. And that he's saying it for us. Exactly. I don't know. Again, I, I love the show. I could gush on and on, but oh. um, it's it's been such a good long talk. And I guess one last thing that is I want to ask, um, uh-huh. are we going to get a chance to return to the Zix Quadrant someday? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it would be really fun, but we'll have to we'll have to see. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, facebook.com slash music 123 ACO on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.